Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Short Stories from the Oasis, bringing you today the first episode in a limited miniseries that we call Neon Nights in the Oasis. Short story segments are self-contained one-shot story arcs set in the Oasis that give us an opportunity to try out new systems and play with new people. They're a lot of fun to record, and today we have something very special to share with you. We're playing a new indie cyberpunk tabletop RPG called Neon Knights, written by Ethan Reynolds, a friend of the show. Ethan is an independent content creator and was kind enough to join us in playing their game together several months back. Uh, Ethan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about this system we'll be playing? So my name's Ethan H. Reynolds. I am the creator of Neon Knights. Neon Knights is a cyberpunk dystopian game that focuses around the city of Jericho, Jericho City, and all of the wonderful hijinks that you can get up to with its vast perk system, its uh, great supply system uh, that that offers build variety out the wazoo. Yeah, it's on sale on DriveThruRPG, itch.io, and my ko-fi for $9.99. Check me out on Twitter at Ethan H. Reynolds, and you'll find my Patreon under the same name as well. Before we get started, I want to kind of explain what we're going to be doing here. So with short stories from the Oasis, uh, we like to add in extra flavor content that adds a bit of background to the things that are going on in the Oasis and the way it's constructed. However, being that Tales of the Oasis is set in the cyberpunk rule set, everything that is told in short stories from the Oasis has some level of unreliable narrator. So you can't exactly trust the things that are going on, but the things that show up in the different short stories of the Oasis did happen in some form in the Oasis, just maybe not in the exact ways that we show it. So for a recording of Neon Knights, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be telling a story that is funded by the Oasis. It's some may call it a propaganda piece. Other people call it informed media produced by the people who know best. (laughs) Either way, whatever's going to be going on in our Neon Knights thing is going to be presented as a bit of a propaganda piece. So that does lead to two things. Number one, it works really well with the perk systems of Neon Knights because all the characters can be can jump in at super high levels and have all sorts of ridiculous things that they can do without ever having to worry about how that would associate with something that, that was actually in Cyberpunk Red. It's just director's artistic vision. The second part of it is being in that it's a propaganda piece, I want to remind everyone that everything your characters do is going to be justified in hindsight. <laughs> That's a lot of creative power to hand over to you. We're taking off the creative guardrails here. You're the heroes of this story, so everything you do will be justified. Because none of your characters can be presented as villains. Please try not to murder small children and, and wait for me to justify why they were going to be like the eventual Hitler of the cyberpunk universe. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your fucking day. <laughs> I'm so sorry for what character I've created. So some notable differences, uh, just because I want to get them in the heads of the regular players of Jen, Jamie, and Andrea. There's some things that we need to keep in mind. Number one, there's no base stats to derive attributes from, so your characters can spike in wildly different ways. I think you've already noticed that and tried to make good use of that. Drugs and addiction. In Neon Knights, there is a specific rule that I think works really well with the propaganda film idea that we're trying to present. In Neon Knights, whenever you use something, you have to roll a mental fortitude check, and if you fail it, you are automatically addicted and you get a minus two to everything. That includes alcohol and cigarettes. So in our version of it, we're going to basically write that as since it's a propaganda piece, the Oasis is just like alcohol and cigarettes are bad and real people don't use them. And if you try one cigarette, you'll get addicted for life. We're going to start with Bo, Jen's character. Hello. Would you please introduce yourself to uh, to everyone here? I, I hear that you're a media. Is that correct? 
Oh, I am a media, a well-known media at that. Mrs. Bo Sveed, you can call me Bo. I uh, made my name in print media over in Night City, but um, Oasis needs a... Uh, well, it needs, it's got a little bit of a branding problem, you know, it needs to be puffed up a little bit. And who else to puff it up than the mistress of the puff piece herself, me. You've left your office for the day, which is, wh where do you work? Oh, well, normally in Night City, but uh, since I've arrived here in Oasis, uh, Oasis News Network have very kindly been putting me up, even though they're full of those horrible streaming medias, all mustaches and cameras. <laughs> So you've left Oasis News Network um, about 30 minutes or so, and you took your nice chartered vehicle, paid for by the company, of course. Oh, of course. To the Baxter Industries Manufacturing Facilities Management Division, where you're coming to meet Dennis Thurgood, who has been nominated, and it looks like is the frontrunner is going to be elected Oasis Citizen of the Year. Oh, well, wonderful. Dennis Thurgood, as you know, is just a, an absolute model citizen. Goes into work every day, works a hard eight to 10 hours a day, only charges for eight. Oh, of course. <laughs> and there is word that Dennis does some extra work on the side to help out the business, though the specifics of that are obviously private. Of course. You arrive at Baxter Industries Manufacturing Facility. You walk up to the front desk and there is a somewhat disaffected looking young woman who's sitting there behind the desk and she looks up and she goes, can I um, help you? We're not doing tours here today. It must be the Oasis Air. I guess you don't recognize me, no. I'm Mrs. Feed. Uh, do we not have an appointment with Thurgood, no? She types something in and says, Oh, I'm very sorry, Mrs. Feed. Um, yes, Clarence. She, call, she calls a, a, a young-looking man over. Says, Clarence, please show Bo up to uh, Dennis Thurgood's office and, and uh, make sure that conference room two is ready for the big interview. And he goes, yes, ma'am, right away, ma'am. And uh, he says, come with me. Hey, conference room two. <laughs> People won't believe it. Didn't get conference room one, I guess, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> he leads you over to the elevator. He gives you a look up and down as you're traveling up the elevator and says, So, um, Oasis News Network, how'd you swing this interview? Well, I mean, <laughs> how how wouldn't I? How did they swing me is, uh, I'm sure, what you mean. That uh, listicle I wrote over in Night City about the uh, the best ways to spend more money with your Ripperdock just shot off. And the best ways to spend more money with your Ripperdock? That was you? That was me, I know. Oh my god, you're the Bowsfeed? The Bowsfeed. Oh my god. It looks like you might have even taken my tip. Did you have your Ripper Dog take all of your teeth out and put them back in? I did, yes! I know, right? Oh my gosh, my head feels a pound lighter. It's fantastic. Exactly. It's so much easier to clean your teeth when they're not in your mouth. It's beautiful, isn't it? So so what are you writing here today? Well, I'm here to interview uh, interview Dennis Thurgood. Um, <gasps> I hear he's up for Oasis Citizen of the Year. Really? Well, it's well-deserved. The work he's been putting in, it is... Uh, I, I envy it myself. I just wish I had such a good work ethic. Oh, well, I'm sure that one day, if you put in an extra five or six hours every day, you, might, you too might be available to uh, take that title, but... Um, Ding! The elevator opens up. Just one quick tip. If you want to be up for Oasis Citizen of the Year, perhaps when escorting a guest up by the elevator, one, perhaps you might want to recognize them a little sooner, and two, maybe silence on the way up. Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. I I'll I'll go get conference room two prepared. Dennis Thurgood is right over there in, in that side office. Ah, oh, wonderful. Do me a little favor. Just see if they have conference room one open as well. Be a dear. If they don't, you know, that's 
okay, but, um, you know, it, it is how I prefer to work. I am the Ripperdock writer, after all. <laughs> <laughs> You turn around and off in the distance through several panes of glass that you can see is Dennis's office. Now, Dennis is, of course, just an an absolutely fantastic spectacle of a person. However, it's a very humble office for a man of clearly his stature and ability. Now, Dennis, can you describe exactly what amazing thing you're doing to help out Callum Industries on this day where you're being interviewed? What are you trying to slip in right before your uh, interview? Dennis Thurgood, I'm just your average regular guy working in insurance. Average guy, humble office. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my day job. So, Bo, you walk over to the office and as you get closer, you see that Dennis has a stack of papers, maybe half a foot tall next to him. And he's he's going through them and it's kind of weird that he's using paper, but I think it's probably something they're just putting in because it looks really good on film. Oh, no, paper's perfectly good. Everyone knows it's the superior way to obtain <laughs> information and record it afterwards. <laughs> Sitting in front of Dennis is this small elderly couple. Um, it's, it's an old man and an old woman and they're they're both kind of sitting there and Dennis is clearly going through paperwork with him. You walk over and you knock on the door. Come in. You wave her in and, and uh, the old woman like looks over at you and then looks back and says, so Dennis, do you think you're going to be able to save our house? Hmm, absolutely. With this, uh, a few more hours of work, I am absolutely positive we'll be able to save not only your house, but your neighbor's houses as well that you spoke of. We'll cut you a deal just as quick as I would anyone else, even the highest people in the land, because we treat everyone fairly. That's fantastic. Isn't that such good news? Her husband looks up and goes, huh? What? She goes, it's good news. He can save our house. And he goes, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Yes, it it is amazing, is it not? It's fantastic that we're able to save such a wonderful couple's house from being foreclosed. While looking directly at the camera. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The older woman says, all right, come on, Harold, and grabs him by the shoulder and um, they they walk out. He's very, he's clearly very busy. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, are you Bo's feed? Oh, well, I, I don't normally like to be uh, noticed quite so much, but yes, yes, very nice to meet you. Oh uh, my gosh, delightful to hear about your house. I'm, I'm glad that Mr. Thurgood here could sort everything out. Yes, yes, no. She seems sort of starstruck and she says, I've been such a big fan of yours ever since five ways to translate your crocheting skills into net hacking abilities. Of course. I absolutely loved that article. Right? Net hackers hate them. They do. (laughs) They really do. Well, it's wonderful to meet a fan. I'm sure you two are so busy. Come along, Harold. And she grabs him again by the shoulder and walks him out of the office. Good day. Bye, Harold. I'll see you later. Well, I I appear to have caught you at a very busy time. Dennis Thurgood, he reaches out his hand and it's this large everyman type hand with the hairy forearm (laughs) and he's got calluses on his hands. Very nice to meet you. She reaches out and uh, and shakes your hand because it's a pleasure to meet you too. Um, wonderful to be here. I'm I'm very excited to uh, to interview you. Absolutely, it is a wonderful day, is it not? It's beautiful outside, as it is every day here in the Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> the small mousy man from earlier knocks softly on the door and opens it up. Um, Miss Feed, I believe we were able to get conference room one for you. Ah, wonderful. Isn't that good news, Mr. Thurgood? Absolutely. Uh, conference room one for the number one citizen in the Oasis. A hundred percent correct. There's none better. <laughs> All right. 
The two of you are led by this mousy man over to conference room one, where there are two chairs set up and then these panels of LED lighting that have clearly been just set here and arranged here just for this interview. Bosefeed, to your dismay, Oasis News Network seems to have sent a camera person as well, who's standing in the corner with a big camera. Hi, my name's Roger. I'm going to be your film person for today. Yes, hello, Charmed, I'm sure. Is it at least traditional film? Uh, uh I don't know. It's a 4K uh, oh. omnidirectional. Oh. Uh, he sort of just, just trails off. Oh, okay. Um, let's just see. We, we would do best to get the shot from, I think, over there, maybe. In the corner? Can I get a persuasion check from you? In that case, guess what? <laughs> it's time for me to use my first perk. When deceiving someone because of my deceiving smile, I add plus two to my persuasion roll. All right. So here is my base persuasion roll. A natural <laughs> 20. Woo! That's a 21. I think I've convinced myself, actually, that I do know what's best for this camera. And it's over there in the corner. So he looks at you. And looks at the camera and goes, well, I, I guess the talent's always right. Oh, that's very true, Roger. He points the camera, like starts pointing it towards you and then says, so uh, which direction should I point it? So if, uh, if Mr. Thurgood is over there, have you tried maybe turning around? <laughs> he turns around 100% to the point where he's filming the corner and he goes, uh, are, I mean, I guess this is kind of artistic. They did say that you were an artisan of some sort. Beautiful. Oh, uh, okay. He hits the button. He starts filming, staring into the corner like he's done something bad. <laughs> Roger, you're doing wonderfully. Do continue. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we get to work? Absolutely. I'm ready for any question you have for me. Your producer comes onto your earpiece. It's your it's your longtime friend of a producer that the one that probably got you hired here in the Oasis. Ah, brilliant. And her name is Jenny. All right, Bo. So um, we're going to get down to work here. Uh, your first question is just going to be, how did you become such an amazing worker? I sit down at the table and uh, flip open my trusty notebook, pull out a black fountain pen, say the question that I forgot while describing my fountain pen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'm a good reporter. So, Dennis, how did you become such an amazing worker? Well, it all starts with my childhood. I had a wonderful set of parents who taught me the amazing values of honesty, respect, and loyalty to your workplace. I also have a loving wife at home, Sally, and my children, Remington, Smith, and Wesson. <laughs> I love him. It sounds like you've had a excellent upbringing and really raised a wonderful family here in the Oasis. Oh, they are wonderful children indeed. All A's on their last report card. I couldn't believe it. Oh, marvelous. Your producer cuts into your ear and says, next question. We're going to set them up for the big one, all right? So it sounds like at home everything's brilliant, but what's the biggest challenge that you faced here at Callum Industries? 
Hmm, I would say the number one would probably be dealing with those pesky unions that decide to show their face around these areas. Ooh. Not very kind people, they come around and they ransom our workers. I talked to the boss the other day and you know, he doesn't like them, therefore I don't like them. I'm loyal to my boss until the end. As you say that, you actually see your boss walking past the conference room. Your boss gives you a bit of a wave. Dennis! Hi there! How nice to see you. I see your interview is going well. Robert, that is some excellent outside the box thinking. And then just crashes the interview and just walks in like right as you're talking about him. Ah, amazing. Yes, it's going quite well. We just were talking about the wonderful, wonderful uh, or not so wonderful unions that have decided to ruin our workplace. My character gets this angry look on his face and slams his hands on the desk. Those unions. All they're trying to do is ruin our good name and take away our employees' freedoms. Absolutely. It is a good thing we've got you, Dennis. Ah, uh, always trusty to my loyal boss, or loyal to my trusty boss. Excuse me, tongue twisted. <laughs> <laughs> you must be uh, the interviewer, yes? Yes, Mrs. Bowsfeet. It's a pleasure to meet you. Sorry, I didn't quite catch your name. Ah, uh, my name is Dexter. I'm Dexter Callum, VP of Sales here at uh, Callum Industries. Oh, I do apologize. I didn't realize you were a Callum. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've, I've met your your brother, a delightful fellow. Yes, Dennis here is uh, an excellent worker. His ideas exist at the perfect crossroads between innovation and efficiency. Too humble. Ha <laughs> ha, I am the humblest man in this company. That's right. <laughs> Please, Ed, you're not here for me. Just uh, pretend I'm not here. And I uh, sit down at like a chair and rest my feet on the table. So, Dennis, while we're talking about unions, how do you feel about the recent union activity by Union Jack at the construction yard for the Callum Industries blue chip production facility? It's been um, all over the place. Uh, in fact, my producer's telling me that we can cut to a reporter live on the scene right now. Your little headset begins broadcasting for the rest of the thing to see, and it says, Reporting here from the blue chip construction facility that has been taken hostage by unions. Uh, I'm live here on the scene, and it, it, it looks like we've got a couple of uh, people here who are talking about why they are shutting down, holding hostage, and threatening to destroy the blue chip production facility. Uh, sir, can you explain to me what you're doing here? It's the sound of a microphone being handed off. Yeah, um, is really tired. Like, I, I don't have a penthouse suite like my boss does. And my boss gets paid, like, way more than I do. So I think we're just gonna, like, tear this whole building down if we don't get what we want or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I think we're probably gonna tear it down here in the next hour or so. I don't know. I might just go take a break and have, a, like, a long, like, four-hour lunch. They make us work so many hours. Like, we have to work, like, six hours, and I only want to work three. And then there's the sound of, like, the, the microphone getting wrestled back. James Brandt here. Clearly, these unions are out of control. And is anyone in this entire city able to step up and stop it? Back to you, Bowsfeed. Dennis is looking... He's, like, grinning right now. But he's, like, you can see that he's, like, visibly sweating right now. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Already signs of trouble, I'm sure that it's nothing that Callum Industries and our potential Oasis Citizen of the Year, Dennis Thurgood, couldn't handle? Absolutely! I need to go now! <laughs> <laughs> oh! 
and he sits up from the interview. Come on, Dexter, we need to go right now. You're right, I am a boots on the ground kind of boss and I'm absolutely fantastically just so happy to help you, Dennis. Of course, we're gonna take care of these unions. Would the two of you mind if I tag along? I'm, I'd love to see you in action. Absolutely. Robert, do you want to come? Oh no, he's fine there. He's capturing some excellent B-roll. This is really artistic. <laughs> You're wonderful. <laughs> Please invite Robert. I love Robert. <laughs> Come on, Dexter. We need to go now. Let's get in my limousine. So the three of you begin speed walking towards the elevator and, and Dennis goes up and slams the elevator button a couple of times as if it's going to make it go a bit faster. Before the elevator finally comes up and it opens up, the three of you get in and the elevator door closes. And Bosefeed, you look over at both Dennis and Dexter. If a reporter was to write kind of like a, they appear this way, how would you describe it? Stoic, untouched, gleaming. Like if there was text above his head, they would say leadership. Like he, he's em emitting leadership <laughs> particles. <laughs> okay. Dennis is looking pretty good right now. He's wearing his nice button up white shirt with his wonderful pants and belt buckle. But he's looking in his eyes. If you look really closely, he's looking a bit crazy. He's not looking as uh, normal as he as he usually is, but he has like the facade. Like if, he, if he, somebody was just filming him, he would look perfectly normal. But like if you were in that elevator with him, he would see that something's going on. Well, thank goodness nobody's filming you. Heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dexter. Yes. Dennis, what are you going to do about this uh, situation? I'm going to uh, harness my employees' strengths and generate some uh, growth for this company by taking out these unions. And I cock my gun. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have the goods in your limousine? Uh, of course, Dennis. You know, I, I'm always prepared for a particular... A good business meeting, right? <laughs> for, for a good business trip, <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. In my trusty suitcase that is abnormally large. I sure hope I can uh, witness some beautiful uh, business working action here in the Oasis. It will be an efficient, frictionless trip, shall we say. So you arrive at the bottom, the elevator opens up, and you stride confidently through the lobby and through the front doors of Callum Industries as you descend the stairs, the extra, extra long. And how long are we talking here, by the way, of a limousine? This limo is, uh, it rolls up for coming from around the corner and it takes another 30 seconds for like the back of the limo to appear where, where we're going to sit down. <laughs> and, and extra stretch, extra, extra stretch limousine oh, pulls up. It's a segmented limousine, so it has these like bendy bits so you can go around corners. <laughs> oh, it's a bendy bus limousine. You get in and you begin setting off towards the construction facility. You know the one. They've been having union problems for a while. You begin driving through the streets of the Oasis. Now, it being the middle of the day, it's pretty hot inside, but the air conditioner inside this limousine is keeping you nice and cool. Monitors, swimming pool. It sounds like being management sure is a lot of work. After about 10 minutes, suddenly the automated driver slams on the brakes and you hear that there's a bit of a commotion outside. Ah, I think we're having to end this trip a bit early. I really uh, need to reprogram that uh, automatic driver. My uh, monitors keep falling into my swimming pool. <laughs> that sounds problematic. 
Yes, I keep having to fish my monitors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yes, I have to keep fishing my monitors out of my swimming pool. From the outside of the limousine, you hear uh, the sound of someone going, ah, and then, and then, uh, boom, like a heavy impact sound. You can hear it through the near bulletproof walls of the limousine, so it must be pretty loud. Suddenly, there's a thump against the side of the limo. Ah. Uh. Oh no, an insurance issue. Ah, I think so. Thurgood, you will step outside and check, yes? Oh, absolutely. Let me just grab this really quickly. And he takes the briefcase, he opens it up, and there is a large light machine gun in the <laughs> in the briefcase. This should do the trick. <laughs> and he ch- ch- cocks it at back, rips open his dress shirt, and it has armor underneath it, like bulletproof armor. Your assets are bleeding edge as always, Thurgood. Absolutely. So Dennis, you step out of the car with your gigantic gun and you know, looking all badass, you take two confident steps forward and look over to the side, right as you see the body of this relatively nondescript looking person slam up against the limousine and then sort of slide down. And from the other side of a bit of a crowd, you see, well, Jamie, would you like to describe your character? Imagine a, let's say, nine foot monster of a person wearing a Soviet style spacesuit with like just a full dome mirrored helmet and a chainsaw. All right. <laughs> this this character walks up to this person that's just slammed up against the side of the limo, revs the chainsaw and saws him directly in half like a doom marine. Blood sprays all over the helmet, goes all the way down to the ground, stops and then looks up and recognizes you and says, Bounty for Union. Ah, wonderful. Let me see that. (laughs) (laughs) He just lifts up like half the body and holds it over. (laughs) You recognize the Sputnik character as being somebody that you have hired before. Sputnik's got the big chainsaw, you have the gun, you've occasionally done like buddy cop movie equivalent things. And now here he is. What a surprise. Well, hello, Sputnik. It's good to see you again with your uh, unique introduction to my friends who will probably be leaving the limousine soon. So uh, we'll probably have to go uh, take this car to the uh, cleaners, won't we, Sputnik? Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thurgood, I'm not hearing any bullets. Ah, well, you can come out if you uh, want to. It's a little bit messy out here. He leans down towards the window with this just blood spattered mask and just stares inside with like, um, yeah, he's got like Bioware that just made his eyes LED red. Oh, that's cool. Wow, you are an intimidating man. Duh. (laughs) This is my friend Sputnik. He's been a friend for a long, long time and has helped with uh, multiple business trips. Callum pays well. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> he stands back up to his full height. <laughs> I, I, to keep my keep eye contact, I like keep, lean out the window and look straight up. Say, Sputnik, how would you feel about being paid to uh, eviscerate? No, let's say redistribute some uh, union organizers brain matter. He just holds half his corpse in front of you. Does this count? It's a good start. Sputnik brings up like the arm of a bloody corpse and just sort of dangles it in front of the window, looking around it towards you. Ah, yes, he has the stench of a union organizer. Smells like poverty. (laughs) 
I stand deliberately a little bit outside of the blood pool. I reach up to my headset and go, yes, Jenny. Jenny, hello? Yes, yes. We're, we're listening to everything over here. This is fantastic. Did the large Russian man just tear someone in half? Yes, I, I was about to say, this sounds like a wonderful opportunity for a story. A fellow who has come over from, uh, from Neo-Moscow and made a name for themselves in the Oasis with good, honest work. Oh, okay, but keep in mind that the main focus of the story needs to be Dennis. Oasis Citizen of the Year, we, we, we can't disregard that story for whatever Russian happens to walk in the way. Absolutely, absolutely. I will keep the focus on Dennis, but while I'm here, I might pick up some notes for another story. I'm sure we can find the column space. Maybe take it off of Dave. That guy can't write for shit. Sure, if you can gather some information, that's great. Um, Would you, would you mind, though, uh, seeing if you could reset the camera? Uh, we're just getting recordings of, of just, it looks like a blank wall. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Yes, yes, the cameraman you sent wasn't very good. Um, I'll see what I can do. What do you mean, wasn't? What did you do? Like I said, I shall handle premiere photography on site. Okay, I guess. Don't worry, Jenny. Have I ever gone wrong in Night City before? Yes! That's why you're here! You got fired! Fuck, I forgot you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Never, look, don't worry, Jenny. I'll make sure that everything is come. We'll be on the front page by the end of the day. All right, very well, but make sure. The focus is Dennis, okay? There's a there's a pause and then you start noticing that she apparently forgot to turn off her microphone because she begins bad mouthing you on the other side of the <laughs> microphone. She's like, this fucking bitch. I can't believe that she's trying to tell me how to run that. I've been a producer for 10 years. And then it trails off. I just like purse my lips, gently wet the nib of my fountain pen and start brainstorming ideas, names for my own newspaper. Sputnik just leans over your shoulder. Oh, Christ, hello. Well, more looms, I guess. Sputnik. Um, can kill for you. Uh, Modest price. No, that, that's quite all right. I, I don't need her killed. I'll just run her business into the ground. Murder easier. Yes. Mr. Sputnik. Sputnik. I, uh, Mr. Sputnik, yes? Sputnik. Sputnik, right? No. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Sputnik. Mr. Sputnik. Mr. Sputnik? Every time Dexter says Mr. Sputnik just like looks very disappointed behind his mirror oh, mask. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, you're saying you're saying just Sputnik. Ah, uh, I can see that you are a, uh, a man of few words, but um, I foresee a lot of uh, synergy in this relationship. I think I can harness your skills. I can empower you to do what you do best. I'm going to give you $10,000 for each union scum whose head you bring to me. How does that sound? Double. $20,000? You drive a hard bargain. Uh, how about- Quadruple. Uh, that is not how negotiations work, my friend. Double. 15000 ahead. How does that sound, Mr. Sputnik? Sputnik decides to uh, provide a head, I suppose, immediately. <laughs> Sput oh, Sputnik I, just I... grabs the two parts of the body that he had cut in half earlier, rips <laughs> off the head, and then grabs it by the hair and just hands it to you, dripping blood from underneath the head. Throw it into my swimming pool over there. 
you throw it into the section of the limousine that's been designated as an outdoor swimming pool. It lands in it, gives a bit of a splash, and begins slowly <laughs> turning the water in the back of this limousine red. Bo just uh, walks closer to Dexter and leans in and just goes, Now that's what I call headhunting. This has been the first episode of Neon Nights in the Oasis. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again to Ethan for playing with us. You can find Ethan on Twitter, at Ethan H. Reynolds, that's at E-T-H-A-N-H-R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. And you can find Neon Nights available for purchase at their itch.io page, at ethanhreynolds.itch.io. And remember, your local union spent lots of time, effort, and money securing minimum wage, workplace safety, weekends off, and shorter workdays. And that sort of anti-corporation behavior is the exact kind of thing we need to stamp out in the Oasis before their laziness drags us all down with them. So if you spot a union member, report them to your manager today and keep the profits where they belong, in the hands of the benevolent corporations.